0: it's pretty good All right. okay there's nothing my God cannot do excuse me I was hoping for a reaction there I got a couple of smiles but most of you oh she's starting you were talking okay I understand I understand I want us to take the last two remaining weeks that we have. And by the way, it's over too fast for me. I'm not ready to lose you yet. Uh, Something to study. I love to have something to study on, don't you? And when you don't, then we have a tendency not to be in the Word as much as if we had that accountability. And besides, I just like you guys. We prefer one another. That's what the Scripture said. I can't help it. I just prefer you. All right, so I want to spend the last two weeks of us just praising God for David's life because he is amazing. The ups and downs just makes us know, okay, it's not hopeless for me either, by golly. Look at all the things that have happened. His, His walk of faith is just amazing. How had he been able to overcome all the tragedies and the crisis in his life? And there were so, so many. We could sit down and enumerate them, and we'd have a page full. How many valleys of despair, how was he able to continually pen psalms that have changed the lives of millions of Christians throughout the ages? (laughs) Every hurt, every sin, every failure came through as a psalm to bring us through our own time. What a man of God, after God's own heart. And we think, well, it started with a giant. First thing we saw of him pretty much was there he was, facing. But, you know, it actually started before that in a field field. It budded in a field by himself with God and a bunch of sheep. And then that blossom just began to flower when he had an encounter with a giant. And it's one thing for David to see the giant. You remember how he started talking? Who is this? Who is this guy? And declared that Israel's God ought to be defended. But would you agree with me that it took quite another thing for him to pick up five little stones and take a lonely walk out into a field where a roaring giant was waiting for him. And then what did he do? The Bible says he ran toward the giant. He ran toward him. What kind of wild faith did that require? Where did he get that faith? The faith to do it to just do it. Okay, girls, I ask you something. Is faith a requirement? Uh, give me a big yes. How are we saved? By grace through Remember when God told Moses to send 12 men out to explore the promised land? You're all familiar with that, I'm sure. And he said, explore this land which I am giving you, giving you, giving you. And God didn't say, go out and see if the people are too strong for you. No, he said, go go look at the grapes. And he didn't say, if the cities are walled and fortified, scurry on home and give up. He said, I've given it to you. It's a done deal. God had given them the land. But when they came back... They acted like God didn't know how big the giants were. i tell you something. We do it. You know, we get to think of things like, I bet God is just shocked with America. I bet he's just amazed about the, the court findings, the ungodly legislation. I bet he sees the pornography, and he's just taken aback. He's in heaven having a meltdown. Well, I need to tell you this. God knows everything from beginning to end before we ever know anything about it. And here's what I want you to see. Moses chose 12 men, 12, and they were leaders, not only that they were the best in Israel, the best man of each tribe, that's who went. 12 from hundreds of thousands, just 12. 12 who had seen the Red Sea part, had seen manna fall from heaven. 12 who got up every morning on that journey to see the glory of God still shining would have watched over them all night and would go out ahead of them for them to follow. Twelve who knew God that way. And they go out and explore and they cut off a branch of a single bunch of grapes and it was so big that they had to hang it on a pole between two carriers. They're holding the promise. They've got it in their hands and here's the fruit. It's what God said it was. But but Here it comes, but the people are powerful, and the cities are fortified. Girlfriends, we hold a promise. Jesus said he would never forsake us. As a matter of fact, the words of David says he both proceeds and follows us, and he lays his hands of blessing on our head. We're covered. Do you believe that? We're covered. and Jesus, never forsaking us. We've seen his cares, have we not? Look back. Have you not seen his care? And his mercies, they're new every morning when you got up this morning. And you know there were new mercies for you this day. But we listen to the news or we look into the face of a family crisis and we begin to talk about giants. This is how we get weary in our faith. This is how we turn and run away rather than running to, like David did. He ran to the living water. David ran to a giant. Let's not just admire david why don't we try to mimic him why don't we make that our goal to mimic him you know we have a church i i would assume i think that every woman in here has a church home right and in that church some people are full of faith and some people are full of cynicism hmm. and some work toward the goal and some sit and grumble and speak doubt same church same church only two of the 12 felt like they could do what God said they could do. Caleb and Joshua said, we can certainly do it. But 10 men said, we can't. And they were the majority. And of course, we all know that the majority is always right. I want to tell you something. Anymore, the majority is never right. do you think about that statement, never. How many promises has God given us And we get our eyes off the promise, and we look at the problem. And after we've seen him care for us and provide for us, all the way to this day, we still just see the problem. I know some are shockers. I know when you get that report, it's incurable. The doctor said it was incurable. And some are just relentless. They're just there day after day, you know, financially, in your face. Financially, every month, there's not enough money for me to pay all my bills. And then here comes the next month. And the next month, or my kid's never going to get out of the mess that he's in. You know, I got him through high school, but now he's still in a mess. Or my marriage is hard, and I'm afraid we're just not going to make it. Every day I'm worried. And the thing is that we begin to give the bad report to whoever listens. And as we give it and give it and state it and restate it, and we begin to believe our own report, and we defeat ourselves before we go after the giant, So we don't even have the strength to go after him. Well, the bad report spread among the Hebrews, and they said, we can't do it. We can't do it. We would better just stay in the wilderness and try to survive. Uh, Listen, they stayed in the wilderness and they died. That's what they did because they could not trust God's promise. I want you to hear God's anger. We do not want this directed against us, do we? God's anger. But you listen how he stated it in Numbers 14, The Lord said to Moses, it's his mouth, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Does that mean if we don't have faith to believe what God says, that we're treating him with contempt? You want to treat God with Contempt? god is that what we're doing he goes on how long will they refuse to believe me in spite of all the signs i have performed among them now god is taken aback right here okay god let all those naysayers dry die in the wilderness because their mouths spoke their fate and their hearts followed their mouths so where do you stand there is a crowd of Christians, I mean a big crowd of Christians, who feel sure of heaven, but they seem to be unassured of anything else. That's quite a statement, isn't it? How can we be sure of heaven if we can't be sure of anything else? I don't know if God will take me through this. I don't know if he'll take me, but I know I'm going to heaven. Wait, isn't faith all rolled up into one stand that we take? My God, my God is able You know, but we we think things are so bad and what the world's going to happen to us, and we don't even pick up the stones to fight the giants stomping across this nation. And right now, it's time for churches to go after the giants. It's time for that. I don't want to just sit back with a crowd and restate how bad it is. We're just grasshoppers. That's what they said. But the New Testament tells us what to do. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look at him. Remember from Philippians, the third chapter, training to get forth to those things that are the high calling of Jesus. I press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Does anybody in here believe that God is bigger than your giants? you believe that? And it's not about what he can't do. It's about who he is, not about what you can't do. It's who he is, what we're going to align yourself with. How many of you have ever heard these names? Let me just do four of them. Shamua, Shaphat, Palti, Sether. Are you familiar with those names? I would hope not because those are just four of the ten men who said, we can't go in. Their names are listed. Anybody ever name your kids after one of those names? No, nobody, because they were unbelieving naysayers. They were special. They were the leading men of their tribes. They were all leaders. They were all great. Joshua and Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And these other guys shriveled up and died in the wilderness. The best Israel had to offer, and they died. How many people here have heard of some kid named Joshua? Oh, yeah? How about Caleb? Yeah? All right. All of us have because you don't name your kids after losers. You name them after winners. How do we learn david faith by getting to know god's power and might as he directs us day by day by day every day you could learn more every day by remembering the great mighty things the lord has already done for you and we forget when god does something for you write it down guys i'm setting up here as your teacher and most of you know as much as i ever will but if i could teach you anything it would be this are you listening if i got your attention When God does something wonderful for you, write it down. Because I promise you, I've said this before, but I can't find people that are doing it with me. I journal because I know this. You may tell somebody for the next couple of days, wait till I tell you what God did for me. And a couple of weeks later, you might remember it, but two years later, you'll never know it happened. And one of the biggest blessings in my life is when I get down, I go open my notebooks And I start reading what he did for me seven years ago. And I say, I remember. Yeah, that's right. That's what he did. That's what he did. And I get encouraged in the Lord just from checking myself on what I wrote down that he did for me that I would totally forget if I had not done it. Write it down. It will make your faith so much stronger. And then maybe your children, maybe your grandchildren, maybe they might read it later on and say, oh, Grandma had such faith. Listen to what happened. What if it would encourage them? (laughs) My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. You know that little song, the mountains are his, the rivers are his, the stars are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong, so mighty. There is nothing my God cannot do. What if a kid learned that in Awana and believed it? Could that not change his entire life? When I was having such a hard time recovering for surgery at one time, Brother Wayne brought me a little sailboat and written on one of the silk sails are these words, don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. God will be listening. He wants to hear your good words. Let me show you this example that I showed before once again. Look here. What do you see there? What do you see a dot we see a dot don't we okay that dot is a problem in your life when I hold this up you see the dot that's what your eyes go to right we put the dot the problem in the center of our life and we focus on it I'm gonna tell you something there's a whole bunch of blue around that dot and you know what that blue is God's blessings Good things in your life, <laughs> yet we'll focus on the little, on the dot. Blue things that are good. What's out there in that blue? What is out there, Connie? What's one blessing you have in your life? Just one. Uh huh. What's one blessing? That family. What else is out there in that blue? Somebody tell me. What's a blessing, Nidra? Oh. Thank you, Nidra. Moving right along. <laughs> Thank you. What's it? What? Good health. A blessing. Yes. My husband. Amen. Amen. Yes. Free to worship. Yeah. Freedom. Come on. Oh, saved kids. Saved grandkids. What a blessing. What else? What's in that blue? The Holy Spirit. Right here and right here around me. Something else? What's in that blue? The Bible study, the Bible itself, the church, right? How about our nation that provides us freedom still? Loads of blue, loads of blue, and a little tiny dot. Vicki. Jesus, that was worth waiting for, Vicki. Yeah, Jesus, right. So beautiful. All right. So here's here's I have a big a God that is so big and so strong and mighty. And here's the amazing thing. I mean, amazing grace. I'll tell you something. He loves me. Isn't that amazing? I mean, He really, really loves me. I'm a little dot down here in this world. No, I'm not. God loves me, David sang. He sang his stuff. And he would say, you go, girl. You declare it. Sing this. Listen, let me tell you some things real fast in closing. I know there is no problem that my God cannot solve. I know there's no prayer that God cannot answer or no problem that is out of his reach. Or or maybe the point in your life at this point, you need to sing something like this. There's no disease that he cannot heal. There's no broken heart that he can't just fix. There's no relationship that he couldn't restore. And there's no person that he cannot save. If there's upheaval in your life, focus on this and sing it to him. There's no chaos into which God cannot bring order. There's no disaster so final that he can't turn it into joy. There's no loss without hope huh? and no defeat that is ever final, this side of glory. Or maybe this is the confirmation of faith that you need to give God this morning. There is no sin that God cannot forgive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's no bondage in my life that he cannot break. And there's no need of mine that he cannot meet. There's nothing my God cannot do. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Our David knew that. He could have told Goliath, Goliath, you see a little old boy coming at you with a rock. That's not the truth. Here's what you see. You have never faced the big, mighty God of Israel. Prepare to fall on your face. From a boy in a field to a general in the field to a king on the throne, our David knew our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There is nothing our God cannot do. Maybe we should try singing that instead of the blues. Well, you say, all right, would you stand with me, please?